0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to True North Talk. This is episode twenty-seven, hosted by yours truly, Peter Burnett, and co-host and co-founder of True North Talk, Joe Staton. Um This up, is an episode. Yeah, what's up? We're going to be focusing today, kind of right as we're in the middle of of, of two very important holidays, on um, being grateful and reflection, and kind of pairing that with having hope for the future and just being hopeful. Um, regardless of, of maybe what you've faced or, um, you know, what you're worried about facing in the future. So, um, Joe, that, that's all I have for, for my for my intro, if you want to add anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like Peter was saying, I think we're, we're at a time of the year where uh, reflection is very important and just basically establishing, you know, our, our mindset for the coming year. I think every year it presents a, a great opportunity for um, – for change, for growth, for excitement, and uh, yeah, we just want to give you guys a, g- a good foundation of how to approach that with the new year coming up, and also, you know, bre- uh, read some some beautiful truths from from God's word, and we're gonna be reading out of Isaiah forty today. So, uh, did you have those sections already pulled up that you, Peter, that you were gonna read out of?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have those those highlighted. If you, if you want, I could take reading those. Um, you know, okay. I just wanted wanted to add to. There, there, there's something so special about this time of year, isn't there? Um, you yeah. know, we, we actually, you know, we're going to be transparent here. We actually had recorded this episode previously, but I messed up the audio, so we're we're go- going back at it again. But um, on on Christmas Day, I just had this overwhelming sense of just gratefulness and just hope and joy and peace and contentment for the future and gratefulness for what for what this year has brought for me. Um, I know that's that sometimes that's not always the case for, for for me or for for Joe or for other people, um, but there's just there's something so special about this time of year, and I, I just kind of wanted to highlight that before we before we get started with the with this with the, the meat of this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's it's a time for for many things, right? We have family, we have uh, like I said, it's it's for me, it's always been a powerful time of reflection, honestly. Uh, and that's what we talked about. Peter said it, you know, we're, we're going to own up to it. We recorded a whole episode. Uh, it was a very good episode. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a very solid episode. But you know what? We said we're going to re- come back and record it again, and we're going to do better this time. We're going to bring you guys some fire this episode. But like I said, it's a reflectionary time of year. Okay. Any I don't know if it's in my DNA or what the case is, but when the weather starts changing you know when is it, it when the season starts going away like when the summer season comes to an end and and it's almost like the earth is preparing for a rebirth of some sorts right mm. the, the old season the year is dying away a new year is coming you know and, and along with new you know and in a few months we'll be we'll be getting new flowers and new plants and green grass and life is coming back but i think this is uh, along with the um with the kind of the life cycle of the earth itself. I think it provides us kind of that same opportunity of, uh, of putting away with the old, you know, letting this year take from it, what we can and, and reflecting and appreciating this year, and then just getting ready to springboard right into that next year.
0: Definitely. And, you know, again, during, during that time of reflection that I had on, on Christmas day, again, I just had this just overwhelming sense of just gratefulness and I know I was you know just thinking about how grateful I am for for my family that I got to spend time with uh, a week before Christmas. We had an early Christmas this year just the way it worked in our schedules and then also just thinking about um you know have, having Joseph as a friend and we've grown so much closer together as not only, you know, pod uh, podcast co-hosts and founders of this which we started at the very end of last year. But our relationship as as friends and as brothers in Christ has really grown this year, and so I just kind of want to echo the sentiment, sentiment that I have, just how how grateful I am for for my family and for for Joe specifically and, and other friends that I have, um, because it's been it's been a pretty phenomenal year, and I'm just I'm so blessed to be able to look back and reflect on this year.
1: Yeah, and I want to I want to echo everything you said, and I also want to add, uh, I think we touched on this last episode, but me and peter had a little bit of a lull i would say in the friendship it didn't go away it didn't it, we did nothing died off it was just a period of time we graduated high school we were kind of doing our own thing in college for a year or two and as you guys will know in this episode we're going to talk about some themes of of learning from our past and, and reflecting on our past and taking taking lessons from it it was almost like that little two-year period was a blessing in disguise you know, because what it allowed us to do is when we came back, we started, I don't know what it was. Like I said, last episode, was it, was it the college football season or, or I forget exactly what we started hanging out again over. But, uh, you know, really from the, from the jump about, I would say about a year and a half, two years ago, we kind of started getting, getting back into the swing of things. But, um, you know, our friendship has absolutely uh, been a major blessing for me as well. I'm very grateful. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, it is so hard to find quality friends in this life, and uh, I definitely have one in Peter. I can say that for sure. Um, and I'm excited to see where the podcast is going to go. We have some some beautiful ideas for this as well. Um, and I want to emphasize with with all of our listeners right now: we are in the baby stages of True North, so you know, keep that in mind. Uh, we you know, we, we do our best to bring you guys quality content as it is right now, but, but also just understand that we are in the baby stages. This is just the very, very, very beginning of what we want to do with this. Um, and, and God willing, as time goes on, you know, we'll keep improving, hopefully get some more guests on the show, uh, and kind of mix it up a little bit. But like I said, baby stages, I'm excited to see where we're going and yeah, to, you know, echo everything Peter said about the friendship and, uh, excited to see where these everything goes next year
0: definitely I actually I I think when you said getting back in the swing of things as friends I think part of it was literally getting in the swing of things I I had a like an Instagram story memory from about three years ago earlier this month we we went and hit in the cages with with Tim and so that was you know, you're oh, talking about yes, when you kind of yes, started yes. to rekindle things. And so that was that was one of the opportunities. And we went we went and played baseball at a few, you know, local fields and everything, including our high school. Where we played together for a season at Liberty Christian Academy. So, you know, the, the, the blessing of sports as, as somebody who works as a sports reporter, it, it really was. I think that was a key part of, you know, bringing us back and, and connecting. And I'm sure we both missed playing together, you know, on the field like we did when, when Joe was a senior, when I was a junior.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was what twenty nineteen in twenty nineteen beginning of twenty twenty. It's, yep. it's hard to believe it's been three years. That is that is absolutely <laughs> <I know>. unbelievable. <laughs> Time is a weird thing, man. Time is a yeah, weird thing. For sure, but we'll we'll get more into that later in the episode. So, uh, start us off. Why don't we go ahead and jump into that Isaiah passage you had picked out, and you, you want to take that first section there?
0: Yeah, definitely. It'll be I'll be reading verses one through five again, like Joe said, from chapter forty and the the first. Uh, like point from this the the subheading is comfort for god's people so here we go comfort comfort my people says your god speak tenderly to jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for that she has received from the lord's hand double for all her sins a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged plain places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken.
1: Verse two. That's, I mean that, that's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm uh, you know, repeating myself twice because we just, like I said, we had this conversation, right. but, but you know, verse two uh, that her sin has been paid for and that she's received from the Lord, Lord's hand double for all her sins. And this is the idea we're talking about. And the fact that, you know, our faith, Christianity is, is a religion that is done. You know, the, the deed has been done. We're not waiting for anything else. You know, we're not waiting for, you know, you know, our own works don't have to buy us into heaven. You know, we're not on edge wondering, you know, are we going to be saved? Are we going to make it to heaven? Like, you know, some of these, these questions that a lot of people have, uh, our, our sins have been paid for. Uh, the deed has been done, um, and, and that's the beauty. I think that's that's really the power of the Christmas message. When it all comes down to it, is that uh, the, the true power of Christ's of Christ's entrance into the world is the fact that the cosmic deed of of redemption has been done, and this the you know uh, his work is complete now. Are we waiting for certain things like, you know, the return of Jesus? Of course. I mean, there's there's still things that have to unfold, but as far as our salvation itself, uh, we can be assured that we are, we are saved if we, you know, if we have faith upon, you know, in Jesus and, and live our lives accordingly. So that that's, that's really what stuck out to me from that section, but you can go ahead and kind of give me some thoughts on what you think about that, Pete.
0: Yeah. Well, to quickly add to what you were saying, I think it's, it's almost like the birth of Christ was kind of, the like stamp that what the Bible said was going to happen with the rest of Jesus's life, you know, him living a perfect life and then, you know, dying on the, on the cross for our sins and then being raised to life that all started and it all became a reality starting from Jesus's birth. And so, like you said, that everything was done when, when that happened. And so I think that's something that, you know, we, we celebrate Jesus's birth, but it's, it's not often besides maybe, you know, that Christmas Eve service that we really stop and think, about all that that jesus's birth really means like you said it it, it's the definitive statement that you know it's it's all done like like you said there's still things that need to be fulfilled in scripture but jesus's birth was was kind of that signal that god's plan for redemption for us was was coming into action Um, and i think that illustrates what i'm going to get into here which is both god's power and his compassion and comfort and how those kind of balance off of each other. Um, You know, you look at verse one, comfort, comfort, my people speak tenderly to Jerusalem. But then in the in verses uh, four through five, verse three is kind of a good uh, nod, I think, to John the Baptist, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, which is what John the Baptist did. But verses four through five, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged place is a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. So I think that that, that shows the, the unification of God's power and, you know, just the power that he has. And we'll actually get into this a little bit more later as well, into this balance later in this chapter. But I think it's kind of introduced here, that balance between God's comfort for us and his power um, that, that is, you know, if, if we believe truly in him and we have the right motives, we have access to that power as well.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that balance, is that mentioned in that next section? I believe it is. What is it? Eight to 14.
0: Um, I think it's, we can read eight to 14. I had highlighted about 10 to 15, but okay, I, if we want to start a little earlier, that's, that's more than okay.
1: No, I, I'll do 10 to 15. I was just curious. Okay. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him and who taught him in uh, the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in, in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. <laughs> so <laughs> right powerful, away, isn't <laughs> I mean, yeah, like right away, like I said, uh, you know, the first thing that sticks out to me is who did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who is the who is the angel? Who are we told is you know disguises himself as an angel of light?
0: Who disguises himself as, yeah, an, angel as be, an angel of light? He comes as an angel of light. It would be Satan, the devil. Yeah,
1: yeah, Lucifer. Exactly. And yeah. it's actually what that's actually what Luciferianism means is enlightenment. So that's kind of what sticks hmm. out to me is who did the Lord the Lord consult to enlighten him? Nobody, and who taught him the right way? Nobody. Uh, who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the, the path of understanding? And I think this is an important thing right here because uh, people think that in this life we need something besides, you know, Christ alone. That we need other supplements to our lives. Um, that you know we can consult, like for an example, uh, astrology, right? Or <laughs> Or, or witchcraft, or these types of things. That there is some truth in these things, because a lot of these arts were were revealed by angels of light. They they come as angels of light, but truly, uh, at their at their core, and what they are really bringing is darkness at the end of the day. And although there, although there is some truth in these things, um, you know, the ultimate truth is the word of God, and God Himself did not need any 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 of this uh, extra. Uh, what, I mean, what would you call it? Extra enlightenment it's just not necessary. We don't need it in our lives. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. I I think you, you covered that, that well. And I think you have a better under understanding of that even than, than I do. Um, just about, you know, the, the power of, of, of spirits because you know, that, that sounds like some mystical thing, but there are, you know, spirits, both evil and, and holy that, that are at work in this world. You know, obviously we don't see them, but we see the effects of them. Um, and I, and I think, um, you know, unless you had something to, to add to that, my, my takeaway from this is because of God's power, we don't have to worry about all the concerns of this earth. So um, if you had anything else you want to add before I kind of get into that, um, go ahead. But
1: well, I mean, kind of speaking of God's power, there was, there was another point that I wanted to talk about, and it was the, the idea of balance that you had mentioned earlier. And I don't know if you remember, but in the, you know, our last conversation, we talked about balance and it was an, there was an analogy of, of parenthood and having a balance between disciplining your kids and also having grace and love. And I think people you know, misconstrue or misunderstand the true nature of God because uh, there's such a negative uh, labeling or understanding of Christianity out in the world that people think God is just a disciplinary God. He's just one-sided nature. Uh, there's no grace or love. But, you know, and it's also not the other way around. He's not all grace and all love and no discipline. There's a balance because if you're on one side of things and you think God is all discipline and, and, and no grace, you probably think God is a hateful God. He you know, is wrathful, just, you know, hates everything. And, you know, you know, the, the typical, you know, how could a, a loving God, you know, allow bad things to happen to good people type of thing. But if you're on the other side of things, you know, you think that oh, everything's just okay. You know, nothing really matters. There's no such serious, there's no serious offense with sin itself. God is all love. God is all grace. And the fact is that neither one of those is true. There is a balance in between. And, and I, th- I think that's kind of what it was talking about here. Um, who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and, and the hills in a balance? God can hold the entire entirety of our physical universe in a balance. He can also hold our relationships in that same balance.
0: Well said. And I think, you know, just to provide a little bit more scripture to, to to back up what Joe was saying, verses ten, ten and eleven say, "See the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him." And then, kind of to uh, con- contrast that, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And so that's that's the kind of the parallel there of the power and the the love and compassion that God has. I think it's 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 hard to it, you'd be hard pressed to find many other places in Scripture that illustrate it better than that does right there in those two verses.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, that's, but but that's, that's, then, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, but but then uh, uh, the other point from this also. Um, and again, how much we want to go into this is, is up to you, Joe, but um, the who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his of his hand marked off the heavens, and then what you said about holding the dust of the earth in a basket, weighing the mountains on scales, who can fathom the Spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? The, the worries and concerns that we have in this life, this isn't to minimize them at all, but we don't have to worry about handling those on our own. We have access to the God who fulfills these, these verses here to get us through those, those hard times and those struggles. And I think that's the beauty on, you know, aside from the contrast between loving and, you know, just, just and powerful, is that God is there to lead us through the struggles in this life.
1: Yeah, and it, it is also on us to a certain degree how we're going to deal with those struggles. You know, we we as people, um, there's a quote I heard that, uh, you know, the one who says he can and the one who says he cannot are, are both usually right. And it, it's, it really is an individual thing a, a lot of the times. But no, yeah, we do have access to the, the God of the universe, the creator of this entire universe who holds the, the valleys and the mountains in his hand. Uh, so absolutely nothing on this in this world, and I know you said you don't want to minimize, you know, suffering or anything like that. And while that is true, uh, once we understand that we are in a cosmic, cosmic-sized universe, like like we are, and and you know, we can't even begin to fathom the true the true meaning of our lives, uh, let alone the universe in itself. I, I do think that it is fair to say that, you know, our earthly struggles in this life are not going to compare to uh the true meaning of our lives and also the glory that will come in the in the in the hereafter. So uh yeah, I mean it, it is critical to depend on God in times of trial and challenge, but you know, we when we kind of talked about this last episode, but you know, we should be grateful for those challenges because without the challenges and trials, it's almost harder to appreciate the good times when they do come around. So definitely I would agree with you on
0: that. Yeah, and I, and I think but before we shift shift gears into the the final passage i think this is kind of a good a good stopping point to kind of have that conversation about about reflection um and just the the importance of of reflecting you know i guess especially during this time of year but really at any time so i'll i'll leave it for for you joe if you want to you know start just talking about you know the importance of reflection to you and you know kind of your your thoughts on what you know what what benefits you get from reflection yeah. So something
1: my dad always told me as a kid is you don't know, you don't know where you're going. If, if you don't know where you came from, you know, you, 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 cannot move forward in life as, as efficiently as you, as you should essentially without looking at the past and taking what you can from the past. Now that does not mean living in the past. That does not mean dwelling on things in the past, but it does mean taking a look at everything and saying, all right, what could I learn from this? You know, what, what can I improve in this aspect of my life? You know what. What areas can I work on? Um, But you cannot do that unless you take the time, set aside the time, and look back. And what me and Peter were talking about before the last episode kind of got messed up a little bit um, was, you know, that's realistically probably what I think it was happening when you said that you were having that moment on Christmas, that you kind of had some time to just kind of just take everything in and sit back, you know, aside from all the distractions, aside from, from life's responsibilities and bills and work and all that and just realize that, wow, like this last year was truly incredible. Uh, and there's so many good things. And there's a few bad things even that you can take from a year's time and especially a few years. But those bad things are truly, like I said, they're, they're truly a blessing. And almost as much if not more than, than the good memories and the good things. Because you can take from those things such profound lessons and, and also fuel and motivation to improve. So I think that's the beauty of reflection. I always find this this time of year, uh, amazing for those things. Like I said, I don't know if it's the weather or, you know, the Christmas season, it gets you in the, it kind of in that reflective, just grateful mood and spirit. Uh, you know, it's in the movies and and the music and everything like that. So I don't know exactly what it is, but something about this time of year kind of always gets me in that mood to reflect. And I think it's really what, um, you know, allows me to in the new year, uh, have some momentum and, and kind of, you know, go after some of the goals that I have is that I'm, I'm, I'm able to look back and take some time and, and take lessons from, from what I can in my
0: past. Definitely. And I think a, a big part of why it's so special too, is that, that family connection, because no matter, and I mean, both, both Joe and I are blessed with, with very good, with, you know, good relationships with, you know, most, if you know, most of our families, um, and I think it's that connection with family that makes this holiday season so special. Because no matter what happens in this life, you're still bound to them by a connection that's deeper than even you know any connection that me and you could have, Joe. You yeah. know, we're we're obviously very very good friends, but there, we we don't have that actual you know brotherhood that I have with with my brother, for example. And I think because you spend so much time with family. Yes, it's sometimes that can create stressors, but I think that's what makes this time of year so special—is um, that time that you spend with family. But touching touching on another point that you made—that it's it's not always you know good memories that we look back on a year with, um, you know. And and I've always been in the mindset try and, and Joe, you, you kind of mentioned this when you were talking too. Always try to find the the good, or even if there isn't necessarily good, find the reason for the bad situations. Um, you know, for me, for example, that's um, you know I, I dealt with anxiety for for a decade, and and as I was dealing with that, you know, at first I didn't really understand it because I started dealing with it when I was you know nine or ten, and so I didn't really have an understanding of what was going on in my mind, why I felt nervous and why I you know felt felt sick when I, when I got nervous and anxious. But as time went on, I kind of began to to look at it more like, well, you know, God, God, why? Not not so much why me, why am I having to deal with this, but instead looking at it like, Lord, why why did you give this to me? Not in a, you know, God, you're wrong for giving this to me, but in a way of, of being like, you know, I know there's a reason. I can't see it yet, but I know there's a reason. And as time went on and as I, you know, began to kind of learn to live with it in a way, um, which isn't always the, the best mindset, but it's also important not to just, you know, try to keep pushing it away in a way and deeper in your mind. But as time went on, I began to look at it more like, you know, when I'm put in a situation, when I when I meet somebody who deals with anxiety, I'm going to have the tools now to be able to help that person. And so, you know, re- reflecting is something that can get you through the hard times. And and Joe kind of touched on this too, but it's it's the balance of reflecting without like completely dwelling on something. Because if you're kind of reflecting on something and and looking at it from different perspectives, looking at it from, you know, what are where where are the positives even in this tough time and looking at it as what can I learn from this? You can get through tough times with that mindset. And so I think that's, that's the important part of reflection is that, that, you know, just finding why, why the bad things happen. And also then obviously at the same time, being able to appreciate um, and just be grateful for the good things even even reflection i think is a is an act or something you can do that is almost like a discipline
1: in itself as well because you know if you have whether positive or negative if you reflect on the past you know it nostalgia is a very very strong thing like it's a very strong emotional experience and that's why we have so many songs that you know are about memories people love writing songs about memories um and because it's a very strong experience. And if you're not disciplined about, you know, reflecting on your past and, and being responsible, you can, you know, kind of get lost in those memories. And it's not always a bad thing, I guess, but you definitely don't want to be living in the past because if you, if you live in the past, how are you going to move on and move forward and and do bigger and better things in the future? You know, when I was younger, I think I kind of, uh, didn't realize that as much, like, really ever since I was a kid, I would, I would always be very nostalgic about, you know, the past and past years and all these types of things, even as a young child, I mean, like 12, 13 years old, but without having that understanding that, you know, the future is just as, if not more important than, than the past, because it is the only thing that we can change at this point, you know? So if you have a certain lessons you feel like you want to take from the past, yes, you, you need to you know, you need to do that, but you also need to be disciplined about it. Cause you can very easily slip into, uh, you know, d- you know, just basking in those types of memories sometimes.
0: Definitely. That, that, that's a great point. Um, the point of nostalgia too, I mean, we, we both say the year 2016 and we always, we always remember that year, um, yeah. because that was, you know, I think, I think we met each other that year in the fall, but even before we, we met at each other that year, there was just there was just something special about it, and we talked. I think more off the podcast than we did in the the last uh, failed episode, but um, we just kind of talked about kind of the similarities and how, how special this year is. Um, you know, even even lined up against one of the best years of all time, twenty sixteen, and so. Oh
1: yeah, I'm but, not, but I'm yeah, gonna, it is. I would say I would say for sure that this year was probably. Probably the best year since 2016, for sure. And and 2016 is legendary status. Oh, yeah? Like, it, it's it's instant classic Hall of Fame type of year. I don't know what it was. Again, I'll keep saying this. I don't know what it was. There was something in the air, bro. There, there was something yeah. in the air that year. Because it's not even just you and I. I've had conversations, even just today at work. I, I have a coworker. He's about my age. And he told me, he's like, you know what, man? My, uh... What the year that was really different was my junior year, especially like in the winter time, and I was like, Okay, what year were you a junior? He was my year. I was like, Of course. <laughs> it was twenty sixteen. It was just Yeah, you know, something in the air that year. I don't know what it was.
0: Yeah, and I and I'd be interested to hear from people who aren't our age, but I wonder if if a part of that is just the year as a whole, it was kind of right in that sweet spot of you know, we weren't really kids anymore, but we weren't, you yeah. know, we we didn't have the responsibilities of adulthood yet. But we also at the time kind of had that um, naivety of looking forward to being adults. And it was kind of right in that sweet spot really for both of us between, especially because we, we are the same age, even though Joe graduated a year before me. Um, I think it was right in that sweet spot of, you know, this year th- of that year being, you know, both. We're we're still kind of kids. We're enjoying life as as high schoolers, but we have you know college and adult life to look forward to, um, and I you know a lot of a lot of great things happened that year as as a sports fan. You know my Cavs won, and obviously you know November twenty sixth was a pretty special day also.
1: Yeah, it, it was November twenty <laughs> sixth was a great day this year too. I will say that. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean it was it was in that phase, I th- and that's a good point because I think a lot of young men uh, right around that junior year of high school kind of, kind of have a, you know, maybe it's sophomore, maybe it's senior from, for others. But I think generally speaking, the people I've talked to, it's like right around the junior year is when you kind of start coming into your own as a man, as a young man, you know, you you start growing and put some size on and kind of feeling that little bit of confidence. And then like you're saying, you're still a, you're still a young kid really, but you're also starting to become a man, but you don't have the responsibilities of adulthood yet. So it's like a, it's just a beautiful time in life. There's no, there's no other way to put it. You know, it's just... It is what it is. And there was, there was a couple different reasons, I think, why 2016 was, particularly to us, uh, uh, such a great time. I mean, I would have... I have various reasons that I think that was the case. I mean, it was... You know, technology was still on the up, up I mean, cell phones were still getting better and better each year. We didn't have the crazy technology we have today. You know, social by, media... By, by
0: big margins, too. Phones improve very little by little now.
1: By big margin. Just to give you guys yeah. some perspective, the, the phone that was out when me and Peter were juniors, I believe, was the iPhone 6S. And I think the iPhone <laughs> 7 had just come out that year. Huh. And the 6S was the first phone that was, like, really slim and, like, you know, had Siri and all that um, integrated as well, so yeah i mean technology was on the uprise and you know we had a really good group of of people around the school that year and you know sports were going crazy and a great summertime it was just it's one of those times and that's a year that you know i'm sure you would agree as well peter but that's a year that i often you know reflect on and to try to take what i can from that year and say you know what was good about this year and I'm, i'm honestly just grateful for it you know it's it's i'm very blessed to be grateful and to have had a just such a a beautiful experience in those high school years because I think a lot of people do not get that unfortunately and and I'm just blessed to have that so
0: definitely a a very very special year and something special to reflect on um but I think if you if you want to add to the I I know last time you you shared um you know kind of a a tougher um reflection time for you if you want to share that again cool if not we can go ahead and read the next part of Isaiah
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember what you're talking about. So yeah, just, there's something for you guys to, to think about. And I think I was kind of talking about mindset with this one as well and how mm-hmm. in, in our trials in life, it really, it truly is up to us to decide how we're going to deal with those things. And, and, you know, we can have, you know, either a positive experience or a negative experience. And I'm, I'm a person that believes that honestly, anything can come at you. And if you're strong enough mentally, uh, nothing can truly get you down in life and that you can keep going no matter what. That's that's generally speaking the way that I see things. Um, And an example of that that I would share, and like Peter was saying, it's a little bit of a tougher example, was when I was 18, uh, I I was in my freshman year of college and just coming out of high school. And to be quite honest, it wasn't that great of a year overall. Probably one of my my least, lesser favorite years, just generally speaking. And then going into fall, on top of that, uh, my dad had a brain tumor that year. And definitely changed everything. It was one day that I was just sitting home, a uh, normal day, normal week, everything literally in the middle of a sentence. My dad goes from being normal to cannot talk and he's in the emergency room. And then within 24 hours, he's in a surgery. And, uh, that, that's an experience that, um, that I often reflect upon for, for just perspective, because it is such a blessing to have parents in this life, but especially, you know, praise God, my dad is is doing okay now. And he's kind of, he's pretty much back to normal, but we wouldn't have made it through that time and kind of tied in the mindset thing. You know, we decided even my dad and and Peter can attest because, you know, Pete visited my dad in the the hospital at that time. But, uh, even in that moment, my dad set the example for me because he was like, you know what, there's, there's a, there's a bigger reason for this, you know, no matter what happens here, uh, you know, you got to keep moving forward. And, when when your when your dad shows you that, and when I have that example, and and kind of you know Peter's known me for for years, and you you know me well enough to understand that even in my down moments, you know I I choose to to keep moving forward no matter what it what it takes, and I think it's just so important to be able to have that. Maybe you know for our listeners, listeners to take something from the stories that you know no matter what you may be going through, it's easy to have that that and you know knee jerk reaction to say why me? Well, you know what's going on kind of that self-pity situation. But, uh, I think it is important to have a positive mindset and to have really a bulletproof mindset in this life, because that really, that truly does determine, um, you know, how you're going to move forward in this life is your mindset. So
0: definitely. Yeah. And I'm, i know, I know sharing that was a little bit different than last time, but, um, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of the the same thing with with my with my battle with anxiety was kind of that you know keep fighting through this. I know that that I'm going to get to the other side of this, and you know I'm, I'm all the better for that time because it will you know I, th- I think another thing that we talked about is those hard times allow you to appreciate the the good times in life even more. Um, and so there are kind of two 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 sides of it. It's both it's it's it's, it's a challenge and it makes you stronger. Um, and it, and it allows you to get closer to God, but at the same time, it also allows you to appreciate when you do have those good times. And so I think both, you know, that, that example with, with your dad, and then for me, anxiety, both of those, um, you know, kind of brought us closer to God and even to each other as friends. Cause I know obviously, you know, we were both there for each other through, through both of those struggles in the past, um, and yeah, and then and then going on on the mindset thing, you know, this this will probably be our first episode in the new year. Will be a special episode we had recorded when Joe visited out here in Omaha, um, talking Very about Think timing, and grow rich. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it definitely was. Um, but but yeah, think and grow rich is. I think it's <laughs> you know if you if you want a book to start start your uh, reading for the year, you know if you're trying if you're one of your resolutions is to read more. You know, Joe and I both would strongly suggest starting your year reading that book. And, you know, I I could throw a little bit of a teaser here, you know, wait, wait to hear why for our, for our next episode. But
1: okay. um, I have to ask you, Peter, while we're talking about this before I told you to read that book and you you remember what I was telling you about it, like you had to have, you know, a high degree of skepticism when I was trying to underline how, how weird that book is and just how powerful it is.
0: yeah it sounded a little like mystical you know like those like you know it's a, it's a, it is a self improvement book let's just be honest and so many of those are so like fugazi and just you know promising wishy-washy. all this like wishy washy promising you endless wealth and you don't got to do anything really about it but think and grow rich again I don't want to give too much away because I, I, I do want to save it for that uh, special episode because we go more in depth but it really teaches you how to take control of your mind. And Joe, this is another little little uh, softball tossed up for you if you want to pull <laughs> up in, in, in Invictus to get that read again. But yeah, Think and Grow Rich is not
1: Think and Grow Rich, it is a self-improvement book. But I would say, honestly, if I had to label that book, I would label it as a success book. Like If you want to be successful in life, read that book. And because I think success... I don't think it's being a millionaire. I don't think it's this destination thing. I think success is the moment that you realize what it takes to be successful. And it's, you know, if you want to get, you know, in the nitty gritty success, you know, my definition would be like the, the meaningful pursuit of a, of a uh, you know, worthwhile goal. That's, that's success when you're seeing progress toward that goal, but also having the tools you need to succeed in this life. And that really is what, what is in that book, Think and Grow Rich. Um, Napoleon Hill is an author who he's not the only person to write about things that are of that nature and and write them in the way that he did. But that book is probably the most um, famous book that teaches the philosophy that he teaches, which is, uh, in my opinion, is a necessary understanding of life to have if you go through this life. Because that, I mean, it truly is a life-changing book. It, It changes the way that you see the world. And like you said, Peter, to, to take control of your mind. That was a, that was a great way to, to describe it. I've never heard that before, but it's truly really true. To take control of your mind and really to take control of your thoughts. Because if you're not controlling it, it's going to control you. I mean, it's like getting in a sailboat and you know the wind's kind of just taking you wherever. I would say that before you read that book, that's kind of how it is. And then once you read the book, it's like you take control of the sails. And you realize you may never put the principles to use. But when you read that book, you know that you have everything you need to succeed in this life. That you you'll never forget about that book once you read it.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think maybe even a a slightly even more in depth analogy would be um, you know, using like a, a sailboat and you try using the sails and the wind is just is just too strong um to be able to do that. And I think it's it's almost like you don't realize it, but you have a rudder in the back of your brain that you can use to control where you go mm. in that water. Yeah. you take down those sails or you use them in a in a in a better way and instead you use that rudder to guide you that's that's it's it stuck in the back of your brain cuz we all have it that's what think and grow rich really talks about too we all have that ability it's just so few people tap into that it's it's honestly you know it's kind of it's kind of sad that that it, it it takes you know really Devoting time and effort into it to tap into that, and so I think you yeah, know, that's that the book magic of it. It's so special, yeah.
1: That, that's the magic of it is that that book really essentially teaches that you know we are made in God's image, and what that means. It's not just it's not just the idea that we have inherent worth as human beings because that that is true, but that's not the entire idea. the The idea is that God was a creator; He is the ultimate creator, and that He made us in His image, and we are creators as well as people. And that includes, really, as human beings, you know, being the masters, uh, what is it, the masters of our fate and the captains of our soul, right? Yep. So, and and that, you know, that reminds me of a a pretty epic poem that I've, you know, it's kind of like a life motto for me, to be quite honest with you. Um, And Peter, you know, Peter has heard of this poem as well. Uh, It is, I don't know, would you say it's a classical poem?
0: I think so. I, I'm I'm really convinced. You know, after after having heard it in the last recording and just kind of thinking on it more, I would be honestly surprised if I didn't read it one of my uh, English literature years with with, uh, with Miss Bowler. Bowler. Yeah, yeah,
1: the greatest. For but, sure. Yeah, for those of you who have not heard the poem, I'm just going to read it right now. Like I said, this is like a mindset type of thing. This this poem, uh, if you if you read this poem before you go to bed every night and before you wake up every morning, you're, you're going to be pretty successful in this life. So. Mm. Uh, here we go. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever God may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And this poem Boom. was actually, it, it was actually cited in that book. Yeah. Okay, so Napoleon Hill, you know, yeah. because it kind of encapsulates the message of that book, wouldn't you say?
0: Oh, yeah. Now that you read it, now I hear it again. And yeah, I mean, I, I, that book would, I don't think it'd be the same if it didn't, if it wasn't inspired by Invictus. I don't think Thinking of Rich would be the same. Um, and again, we talked about this last time. I'm going to throw one slight edit into that. Yeah, and the, say God, the God, line, the Godline, yeah. the God that the God that is, or the God that be, if you want to be grammatically incorrect. But um, other than that, that poem really is uh, a true motivation. You know, for, for for anybody who maybe is is struggling to find that motivation. Again, like Joe said, you read that when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, you might find it hard to fall asleep, though, if you read that right before you go to bed at night, <laughs> you're going to be so just invigorated. tuned in and everything, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> and,
1: and, and something that in this poem that stands out that we were kind of talking about in this episode is, is the idea of hardship, that you need to use hardship it, almost as, it, you know, don't, it's not like a... You you cannot view it in the self pity sense of like woe is me why me, and and it's it's kind of counterintuitive to view it like this, but really hardship is so powerful if you choose to view it as like you know what you can do anything you want to me you can kick me while I'm down you can take everything that I have and I'm still gonna come out on top I'm still gonna you know transcend I don't care what happens to me and it's like the story of Job right we talk talking about that a little bit you can take anything from me I'm still gonna succeed no matter what. And that was kind of the whole thing with the, you know, beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the year it's finds and shall find me unafraid. It's like, I'm unafraid now and I will always be unafraid. I fear no man. I, I fear only God. I fear no circumstance. I fear only God. And that's the mindset we have to have. So, and, and you know, that's what I'm saying. When my dad had that brain tumor, I was like, you know what? It, it kind of sucks right now, but. This is not even. This is not going to keep me down because I know God has a greater plan, has a greater purpose, and I think that's the mindset we need to be successful in this life.
0: One hundred percent. I couldn't have really said it better myself. And I think we we didn't really officially say that we were shifting gears, but you know the other the other thing we want to talk about in this episode was hope. And so, you know, if you if you are not feeling a little bit more hope right now. I want to back up what Joe read with, with this last passage from Isaiah 40, which kind of, kind of says very similar things. It's not so much a motivational thing, but more providing hope. Um, from, from Isaiah chapter 40, verses um, 25 through 31, really verses 27, but I'll quickly read 25 and 26. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth.
1: yeah I mean like what else do you need to say bro that's literally <laughs> that's literally uh, you know like like you like i said that 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 defines the word hope that defines the word and not even just hope, but just you know i don't know fired up like that that gets you fired up <laughs> reading that
0: you read I mean, invictus that, and you read this passage you're you, you can't lose we we said that last time you cannot lose in life if you live by this scripture in Invictus and also you, mark you, 9, 23, now, you
1: reminded me of that Exactly. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes all things immediately, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe help me with my unbelief. And we kind of talked about last time we recorded this, you know, the the, the fact that that child you know, was crying out and and says, help me with my unbelief because that kind of represents the human side of this thing, right? It's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have goal, you know, especially if you have big goals in this life, you know, if you aspire to be successful and really want to make something of yourself, and um, you know, as Peter and I were talking about last episode as well, is is the idea of like what is our purpose here? And I, I said, you know, a very simple answer, you know, to give somebody because recently I had somebody ask me that, and you, it, it's kind of an uncomfortable question because it's not the easiest thing to answer, right? You know, it kind of puts mm-hmm. you back on your heels a little bit, your heels a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but really the, you know, the, the answer I found to be the most simple answer for that is to glorify God in most, in the most magnificent way possible with the gifts he's given us. That's our purpose here. Um, and if you aspire to do that, if you're a human being who reads, reads these things and especially reads a book like Think and grow rich, you're like, you know what, I I really want to do something different with my life. You know, I want to, I want to glorify God, you know, in an amazing way. And I have massive goals to do that. Uh, there's going to be moments where you like this child and you cry out with tears, you know, and say, help me with my unbelief. But it's just, even that; it's the, it's the desire, you know, it's the desire for that faith. And, and, you know, if you persevere and if you seek, you'll find him and, um, really nothing can keep you down. And that that's kind of like relating all those back together is like, if you have that desire, if you're committed, if you say, no matter what I'm going to succeed, you will. And even Jesus, Jesus said it himself. So it, it's, um, it's a beautiful message to take into the new year and it's a great time to hear this message. Uh, and I will tell you this, that this type of understanding and this type of like, even just language and conversation, you're not going to find this in a lot of places, you know, "Think can grow rich while it is a very successful book. This type of mindset is not common among people, especially in Gen Z. So <laughs> if you stumbled across this podcast, <laughs> You know I'm holding you to a high standard because this is some very very cool information it's very different and each and every one of you that's hearing this can can succeed in a very very massive way if you apply these principles
0: 100 I, I like I said earlier I couldn't really say that better myself I just I want to add th- this this one was kind of unexpected kind of like kind of like Mark was when we recorded this last time but it was the the verse of the day it's from second Corinthians chapter 9 and it's verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you know, another idea we were talking about is being content with what you have, but also wanting more, you know, desiring more and desiring, you know, bigger and better things. And it's finding that balance, right? And, and that's kind of in that verse is what it was talking about pretty much. You know, in, in, in order to be successful, you kind of have to stay. You have to stay hungry, right? You got you got to be hungry for more. You got to keep moving forward and everything, but you also need to be content and happy for the things that you you have been given, and that's that that balance too. Bring it back to balance. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that was that was something that I really felt um, on on that Chris on Christmas night. That was more, you know, I was when I felt that like gratification and everything. I was kind of making dinner, and really making food is such a cathartic process. If you're not making your own meals, I know it's tough in such a busy world that we live in, but if you're able to find time to do so, do it because first of all, you're going to save yourself some money by making your own food and second of all, there's so many other benefits that come with just spending that time and then seeing that result. You know I know instant gratification isn't the best thing. But when you work for something like that and you get it, it's not a bad thing to have. Um, and so that that's kind of going on a whole different point. But back to finding that balance. Later that night, like as I was going to bed, I was like, you know, if if I don't wake up tomorrow, and and this is a danger. You have to be careful with this sort of mindset. I wasn't thinking of it in in a negative way, but I was like, if I died tomorrow, if I if I didn't wake up. I would be, you know, content with what what I've achieved and how I've I've lived my life and the relationships that I have with with family and with friends. But at the same time, I was like, man, I have so much more I still want to to accomplish. And that kind of gets back to the the crux of this whole the podcast is that balance between gratefulness and reflection and hope. And expectations and motivation for the future. And like Joe said, finding that balance, if you can find that balance, you're, you're always going to be content in the present, but wanting to achieve more in a healthy way in the future. And so my encouragement for everybody listening is to find that balance for yourself of both being grateful for what has happened in your own life and also looking ahead to the future. And obviously, of course, staying in the present is just as important as well.
1: Yeah, and there's a quote that you remind me of just now with with that balance and with looking forward and and always staying hungry and all that. Uh, And maybe it's this. I I don't know if this is the exact one, but I I looked this up, and it's something along the lines of, the moment a man stops dreaming is the moment he petrifies inside. And and I think it's so important as men... uh, because, like I said, we're made in the image of God. We are designed to have the desire to create, and the, just the the cold hard facts is that the majority of the world is just not functioning in that way, right? The mass amount of people in this country and in, in this world, for the vast majority of their lives, they are making somebody else's dream come true. You know, you get swept up in career family, even responsibilities, bills, you know, college of debt, all these types of things that tie you down and they don't even allow you to explore what really lies inside your heart. And we all have dreams. We all have visions for what we desire in our future. And, and I think it's so important when we're talking about mental health, even too you know, staying encouraged, staying, staying fiery and desiring life uh, and, and loving life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lust for life, but it kind of is that type of thing is like having that, you know, vigor within you. I think that it really comes from maintaining those dreams and holding on to those dreams and, and constantly asking yourself, you know, am I, am I doing everything I can to, to become everything I can be? And when you do that, you do have that, that level of contentment with, with how you've, you know, you've lived your life, you know, you've taken risk, you've done these types of things. You've, you've asked the hard questions, you've done introspection, you've reflected upon yourself, you've read, um, you know, you, you've studied the word of God, you've studied books also that, kind of supplement the word of God that we were kind of talking about with thinking we're rich. You've done everything you possibly can. Uh, but I think it's a, it's, it's not only our desire, but I think it's our duty as human beings to find out what gifts we have, at least, you know, not necessarily why we're here. We know why we're here. We know that that's kind of figured out. Like I told you guys, we're here to serve God, obviously, but to use our gifts in a, in a magnificent way, uh, you know, not necessarily to ask why we're here, but to, to find out what our gifts are. Because once we know what our gifts are, we are almost doing ourselves a disservice. And I think we're, we're kind of – it's kind of a, maybe a harsh thing to say, but I think it's true, is that we're kind of wasting, you know, in some ways of the life that God gave us if we're not going to use our gifts.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm going to try to find the scripture for this, but that made me think of the story, the the parable of the, the servants that the, the master gave five coins to one, and he gave yep. two coins to another, and he gave one to another. Jo- Joe knows the story, and I know it's probably a little bit of a long one, um, but if we want to read it, I think it would definitely be worth it, but I'm just going to quickly introduce it. The parable of the three servants... Um, or the parable of the gold coins. It looks like it could be called the either, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and read that right now. Uh, it's it's short enough to read. Okay. This is this is um, from Luke chapter 19 verses 11 through 27. And stop me at any point, Joe, if you want to kind of kind of uh, add anything. While the people were listening to this, Jesus continued and told them a parable. He was now almost at Jerusalem, and they supposed that the kingdom of God was just about to appear. So he said there was once a man of high rank who was going to a country far away to be made king after which he planned to come back home. Before he left he called his ten servants together and gave them a gold coin coin and told them see what you can earn with this while I am gone. Now his own people hated them so they sent messages after him to say we don't want this man to be our king. The The man was made king and came back. At once he ordered his servants to appear before him in order to find out how much they had earned had earned the first one came back and said sir i have earned ten gold coins with the one you gave me well done he said you are a good servant since you are faithful in small matters i will put you in charge of ten cities the second servant came and said sir i have earned five gold coins with the one you gave me to this one he said you will be in charge of five cities another servant came and said sir here is your gold coin I have kept it hidden in a handkerchief. In another story, I was thinking of the other one, but in the other one, he just buries it in the sand Buried and does it, yeah. nothing with it. Um, so in this story, though, it's kind of the same sort of parable, different different uh, pre- presentation, though. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take what is yours and reap what you did not plant. He, the master, said to him, You bad servant, I will use your own words to condemn you. You know that I am a hard man, taking what is mine and reaping what I have not planted. "'Well then, why didn't you put my money in the bank? "'Then I would have received it back "'with interest when I returned.' "'Then he said to those who were standing there, "'Take the gold coin away from him "'and give it to the servant who has ten coins.' "'But they said to him, "'Sir, he already has ten coins.' "'I tell you,' he replied, "'that to those who have something, "'even more will be given, "'but to those who have nothing, "'even the little that they have "'will be taken from them. "'Now as for those enemies of mine "'who do not want me to be their king, "'bring them here and kill them in my presence.' Wow. <laughs> can you can you
1: read that last that line about uh that one more one more time at the end there about uh, it's like the second or third to last verse about yeah, wasting, uh, would you say?
0: Then he yeah, um well then why didn't you put your mo- my money in the bank? Then I would have received it back with interest when I returned. Then he said to those who were standing there, "Take the gold coin away from him and give it to the servant who has 10 coins." But they said to him, "Sir, he already has 10 coins." I tell you, the master replied, to those who have something, even more will be given. But to those who have nothing, even the little that they have will be taken away from them.
1: And I I would say that that's relatable to what we were saying about, about our gifts, right? Because it's like, if God gives you these gifts and you're just going to throw them away, you know, it's... Like I said, you're, you're kind of wasting the, the in some ways, and not every way, you know, because there's, there's multiple aspects of life, but in a lot of ways, you're kind of wasting the gifts that God gave you. You're kind of wasting the life that he gave you. And like I said, maybe sometimes it's not intentional, maybe it's not a choice, but once we read these, these ideas and we fully understand them, because if you read the words when Jesus says, if, if, to he who believes, all can be achieved... You know, we really can like think. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. But you know, maybe not for me. Like, maybe not all the way. But no, it's actually true. It's actually true to the very ex- extent of that statement. It is absolutely true. Like, actually, in every every single thing. If you're a human being, you know, you can truly achieve anything you desire. You know, if you if you have faith, and that's the idea with with Think and Grow Rich, is that if you believe in yourself and you have faith, you truly can achieve anything you put your mind to, and once you have that understanding, that's why I say maybe it's not intentional. Maybe these people don't understand that that they're not using their gifts or whatever. But once you wake up to this information and you see it for what it is and you understand that it's actually true, it, it is almost your duty. Like I said, it's, it's, it's almost our duty because in that story that Peter just read, it's kind of the similar thing. It's like once God gives you something, he does kind of, you know, he wants you to use it. And it, it's our duty to find out what those gifts are. So that's that's kind of how I see that.
0: That whole thing Definitely And just a little bit more Supplemental kind of Insight that I That I have from this as well Is You know People might think Well if I have gifts I can't really lose them But If you have muscles And you don't use those muscles They're gonna atrophy And you're eventually Gonna lose those Some people think it happens Faster than it really does But on, you know on a serious Some people note think it, really, it's one it does happen it does happen yeah exactly <laughs> 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 but, but you know if if you don't use those you know the equipment that you, that you have access to in in a gym or maybe if you have a home gym at your home or whatever or even you know body weight god gave us ways that we can build or at least keep muscle working without even having to need anything besides our own bodies
1: and there's a reason um, why people that go sometimes people that go to prison they come out jacked because they just do <laughs> thousands of push-ups. We don't need all these Exactly. Weights. Very much a side note, yeah. but that's just a fact. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's kind of the second point of that is if we're not using them, yeah, we can lose our gifts. I mean, for example, like like both of us, I think both of us and we're, we're, we're doing it right now, both of us have a gift of, of speaking. You know, speaking not just... Um, biblically focused, obviously, but, you know, speaking classes in, in school and everything and giving speeches and, you know, for for Joe especially, you know, with it, with his YouTube channel as well, does a great job as kind of a, almost like a host or like a presenter kind of is what I would attribute it to. <laughs> it's kind of a weird
1: thing to try <laughs> to describe. But yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's some sort of sort of gifting. I would say there's a, a similar gifting between the both of us for sure. Yeah, and we and say that in a very humble so well. way. We're not saying we're exactly. anything right now. That's why I told right. you guys at the beginning of the episode, we're still... We're still working on these these skills oh, yeah. uh, and gifts, you know. So we're still working them out.
0: And if anything, I get it from my dad, and obviously even more originally, I get it from God. But it's to, to use that point. If both of us just stopped speaking publicly and stopped using this opportunity that God has given us on this podcast, yeah, in a way, maybe it would be like riding a bike where you pick it up again eventually. But if we if we just stop doing it and didn't practice it and, you know, didn't put in the, the work that, that these servants did to make more out of what they were given. If we didn't do that at the very least, we would grow stagnant and we wouldn't be any good at, at speaking. Right. But because we put in work, we do this, you know, almost on, especially now we've been getting even better, I think of, of doing it on a weekly basis. Um, but you know, by doing that, and for, for other people, you know, compassion is a gift. Going out and serving, you know, in soup kitchen kitchens or at a food pantry or at at a, at a nursing home or in a nursery, um, you know, that, that's that's one example. For for another, it's it's simply prayer. You know, we we talked about muscles atrophying. Some people are either simply disabled or have been injured or are you know just old you know, just too old to be able to do anything physically. I said <laughs> you that, know, I said that you really said that. <laughs> just old. That wasn't how I meant it to come out no. at all.
1: It's true though. It's fact. Some people are just old. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so for some, for some people it's prayer. Yeah. And so I, I feel bad about the way I said that now, but, um, you know, on a more serious note, though, I mean there are so many different gifts, and I and I hope I've presented some in my little tangent here. But um, if you if you want to know more about gifts, um, I'm trying to think of what a specific passage would be in the Bible. I think probably it's in Ephesians somewhere would be would be yep, a good one. Yep, or I think
1: it's Ephesians six, possibly.
0: Yeah, or if you, I mean, again, if you just look up Bible dot com, and in the search bar, look up gifts. gifts. Or spiritual gifts you're, you're going you're gonna be able to find that and sorry that for listeners, I can't provide a better answer right now exactly where, but if you don't know what your gift is you could you could take a test as well there are tests online I think it's better to find it straight from the source um to find what your spiritual gifts are but you know there's there's a host of different ways i mean local and, church
1: you can ask people that that yep. know you very well and kind of you know pinpoint some of the areas that they see in you as well so yeah there's multiple exactly. ways.
0: And so to, to finish off the main point, though, if you're not using those opportunities, you're being a bad steward. You're wasting what God has given you to get back to the point that Joe made earlier. And so um, and
1: I, it, I have a question for you, Peter, because it's something I've yeah. noticed in myself. That statement you just made about, you know, wasting and, and just, yeah, wasting your gifts. That I think that's why it's detestable for human beings to... I think it's a natural instinct within us to just like detest like laziness and just you know somebody who's not doing absolutely anything. Like I'm not saying you Mm -hmm. have to have a podcast or a YouTube channel or or really anything like that, but if you're just doing nothing, you know, and and you're just apathetic towards life, I personally, I don't know, I I detest that because it's like I I don't want to be around people that are that are apathetic like that because you're just throwing away, you know, the gifts God has given you. I just, it's just something just doesn't sit right with me, and I think that's a natural kind of an instinct that that he we've been given, you know, from our conscience to kind of motivate us to look, say, look, you know, that's not okay, you know, it's not it's not right to, to, to just do that. Yes, it's a challenge, it's a challenge to use your gifts, it's a challenge to even find them out in the first place, but it's a it's a duty as a human being, I think, especially as a man, but, but you know, as human beings as well.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I honestly don't really have. Anything, anything to add to that? I think he's summed it up perfectly. Um, I was just
1: kind of asking you if you've experienced that, that kind of feeling, if you, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. some of that, Oh yeah, it may go ahead.
0: It, it, it's really, I mean, it really is a feeling of just like, I mean, first of all, you know, you don't want to hang around those people too much. You know, both of us have the mindset because if you do, then you could get dragged into that as well. And, right. you know, when, when I hear people, you know, complaining about work or, um, you know, just about you know having to do tough things. I'm like, why is that a problem? Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah it's tough, but but why why is that a problem? You know, I know we, we've we've talked about this even on the podcast earlier and on and off the podcast about you know always doing what you can to improve day by day. One percent of improvement—it's all you need to do. And if you want to do more, <laughs> that's even better, you know. Yeah. But if if you focus on making, you know, improving by one percent every day, and for for us on at this moment, it's do, you know doing an even better job in how we talk during the podcast. You know, for you know, in my in my job tomorrow, it'll be trying to cover games better than I have before, um, and you know, whatever the circumstance, I always try to look. How can I get better? And an, an another point that we could really dive into is you know, constructive criticism. Some people, when they get criticized, they just shut off, they get they get pissed off, and they just don't they they just turn away from that constructive criticism. but something that I try to do, and something honestly, sometimes I have to go out and say, please tell me if I'm not doing something well enough and And so having that mindset, combined with all that we talked about earlier, you're going to have a a very bright future. And again, the most important thing, though, is to keep God at the center of that.
1: It's that. And also, when you're talking about, you know, criticism, it's something to keep in mind as well, is that it is a good thing. Criticism is a good thing, uh, constructive criticism, so long as it comes from people who you respect and trust. Because there are a lot of people, just, just by nature of being a human being, it's the laws of human nature and sin itself, you know, a lot of negative feelings tend to tend to, to come into play a lot of times with people if they're not, you know, pursuing a relationship with God and sometimes even if they are. But there are a lot of people standing by that are just waiting for the opportunity to give you negative feedback. So you have to watch out of who you're asking, you know, for criticism for, but True. that being said, it is a very good thing to get, to get constructive criticism from people you do trust, who you do respect, who have for example expertise, you know, in the field that you're pursuing or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, just making sure that those people, you know, you trust them because there are a lot of people who are just they give you all the criticism in the world, but it's just not. Yeah, it's just because, you know, whatever the case, you know, envious or something like that. So got to be careful with that. But no, I absolutely agree with that for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think unless you had something else to add, I think this might be a good point to wrap it up. And if we want to yep. finish with the uh, kind of life passages for both of us. If you want to read those to, to close this one out,
1: the life passages. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of confusing. Invictus,
0: what in, Invictus for oh, okay, you, yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah, end of you. Isaiah for me. If you, I I can go first, unless you want to. I have yeah, yeah I'll hold it on
1: Invictus, bro. You can go ahead with Isaiah.
0: <clears throat> Perfect. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard?
1: Ah, Let's go. Let's go. (laughs)
0: Let's go.
1: (laughs) And I want to, I want you guys to picture, I'm going to put my own rendition on this version of Invictus because we're going to, we're going to go ahead and put the proper line of God in there. But I want you to picture yourself, right? I I want you to picture yourself, you know, in the depths, picture yourself in the most worst situation you've been in your entire life. And I want to picture yourself crawling out of this place with a vindiction towards whatever may be coming against you and understand, this is what I'm going to say, the last thing I'm going to say before this, and we're going to wrap up with Invictus, is that no matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstance you are in, you have all the tools you need to become everything you want to be as a person, and to use your gifts on the most massive stage possible, no matter what that is, but you have everything you need to succeed, and nothing can stop you except yourself, so here we go. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I think the God that is for my unconquerable soul, that's all I'm yeah. going to say. What an episode. Uh, anything else, Peter?
0: You want to run by You want to run that quote one more time about what the, the point of life is and what your, like? I guess, uh, view of success is?
1: The point of, uh, yes. The, if anybody asks you, if anybody asks you in your life, because it's a, it's a hard question, what is your purpose? You don't know what to tell them. This is, this is exactly what you tell them, and it's absolutely true. Your goal as a human being is to use the gifts that God has given you in the most magnificent way possible to bring them the most glory that you possibly can. Okay? That's our goal. That's, that's that's the reason we have this podcast. That's the reason that we have do we do everything we do every single day. We, we wake up with that mindset. And like I said, the only person stopping you is you. You can do whatever you put your mind to. Uh, I'm going to encourage everybody to to read that poem and read that scripture as much as you possibly can. So with that being said,
0: anything else you got to say, Peter? Final comments. with With those verses from Isaiah with Invictus with Think and Grow Rich with Joseph quote there about glorifying God you can't lose you you cannot
1: lose you cannot and nothing can possibly get you down in this life literally nothing so thank you all for listening to episode 27 of True North Talk Uh, if you guys made it this far in the podcast make sure you like and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify Uh, stick around for more episodes we bring them weekly from here on out so uh, we appreciate you listening and we will see you next week peace out Peace.